to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home, and true Southern sister, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hey everyone, welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. Yes, indeed, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. We don't want to leave the men out. No, you can't let us. You can't forget about us. No, you guys are an important part of our lives. We appreciate everything you do. I get that. And you adore us. I mean, it is true. Don't know what we do without you. (laughs) Can't live us. Can't live without us. (laughs) You said true. I say I say that about the men too. The men in my life, I do love them, and I've got so many wonderful men in my life. I really do. I've got the most amazing husband. I have a most adorable son, you know, uh, but they are outnumbered. My husband is outnumbered because I think I, you guys have heard me talk about Dixie, my Australian shepherd before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's a she. Yes. So she is another female in the house. <laughs> and uh, I've got a little problem with her this week. This is a, a you know, girlfriend to girlfriend, guys. Uh, this is a, uh, you know, a Southern Sisters problem. Um, her her allegiance is changing. Oh, I, no. Yes. I used to be the the I was sort of the alpha male. I guess in my case, I'd be a female. I was the, the I, I was the alpha, right, in the pack. Uh-huh. I, she deferred to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, she respected me. You know, she, she sat at my feet, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's very endearing, right? Um, her allegiance is changing. Uh, my husband has been wooing her. Uh-oh. Yeah. Treats when you're not at home. Treats when thing? I'm not at home. <sighs> you know, I think he's whispering in her ear, you know, like, you, you like me better than Jenny, right? You, I, I'm your favorite, right? <laughs> I think that's what he's been doing. Dirty, I, underhanded it's, tricks. It's not right. It's not right. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have a discussion with him about that. But here's how I know what's going on. She um, she sleeps at the end of our bed, um, on the floor, not mm-hmm. not on the bed, but she sleeps at the end of our bed. And so in the morning when we get up, uh, I typically head off to the kitchen to start the coffee. My husband goes into the closet and bathroom to get ready for the mm-hmm. day, right? She used to always come with me. She stayed by my side, right? Yeah. She won't leave the bedroom when I leave now. Uh-oh. She stays. She sits there and she looks at me and I say to her, I say, Dixie, I said, come on, let's go. Let's go make coffee. And she kind of, she, this is what she did yesterday. She kind of just turned her head away from me. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Dogs I got, are good with the body language. That right? was her. That was her going, no, I will stay. Can I tell you, <laughs> can I tell you only a female can give a cold <laughs> shoulder like that. It was the, she gave me the snottiest look and she just turned her hand. And then about, you know, 30 minutes later, here comes my husband and guess who's right beside him? Dixie. Yeah. It's oh, just not right. That's awful. I do love that dog. Goodness. I know. She's, you'll she, have to, you'll, you have to do something, get her a special toy or something to bring her you back think to so? your side. A little bri- I've never been, you know, uh, bribery is not beneath me. I've, I've often said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what is that little, that stuff you can put on their food? Yeah. There you go. And be like, you see what I'm doing for you? Exactly. Mm, so good. I know. I go. know. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Maybe I'm losing my coolness. But you know, <laughs> folks, we were talking last week about, about women in the South and particularly those of you that are mothers mm-hmm. or parents. Quite frankly, this, this applies to fathers also. Um, I don't know if you guys are like me, but as a Southern mother slash woman, um, I've always wanted to be sort of the cool mom. Right? Don't we all a little bit? Yes. Like I'm still your parent, but I'm that super cool parent. Exactly. Yeah. Now I don't want to go overboard. I understand the whole argument about how we shouldn't be our children's friends. We are. We are. There are. You know, there are authority figures. Yes. We're their role models. Um, the nice thing is, is that as they get older, like mine are now, you know, in college and out of college, they sort of become like friends. Yeah. You know, it's a, the role changes. Exactly. Right? But when they were a little younger, I, I always kind of walked that line. I tried to be careful that I was still a good mom. You know, mama knows best. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to be kind of cool. You know, yeah. I, I didn't want them to think that um, 
you know, that I was, uh, you know, outdated or weird. And, you know, I can I don't know if you ever remember your parents doing something maybe in public that maybe kind of embarrassed you just a little yeah. bit. Doesn't that happen to all of us, though? I guess it does. At least once or twice. You're like, was, oh, mom. See, I was, oh. I was determined not to let that happen to me and my son. <laughs> I said, just let me be cool. So I was very observant of, of not doing things that embarrassed him. I did learn that there is little that a mother can do for a 13-year-old boy that's not embarrassing. Uh, unfortunately, you're correct. Just about anything mm-hmm. I did at that age probably embarrassed him. Yeah, you give me a hug and it's like, oh. I did, I, well, I learned that pretty quickly. You know, <laughs> no hugs when I dropped him off at school. Nope. No hugs when I picked him up from school. You know, n- none of that. Too cool um, that. But I will tell you, we, was ta- we were talking last week about how I had my cool mom moment by taking a picture of the Dragon Con yeah. folks. Remember yeah. the cool costumes? And mm-hmm. I sent it to my son, and, and he just thought it was very cool that his mom was sort of at Dragon Con, which... I wasn't really there, but I was just in the vicinity. Yeah, you know? close enough. So anyway, I was I was talking to a friend this week, and she said, you know, you really need to tell your, your uncool mom moment, because you had a doozy. <laughs> and I said, you know, I had blocked that out of my mind. <laughs> so I, I had tried not to, to... No, I was. I had tried not to think about that moment. But I, I will share it just so that folks don't think that, you know, we're all, we all have our moments, mm. right? And I do think that our intentions are best. And I know that mine always were. I just often fell short. <laughs> And so this this incident actually occurred when my uh, my son turned 13. It was his 13th birthday. And unlike his older sisters, he didn't want a a big party. You know, a lot of guys don't want, you know, a traditional birthday party. I want my buds to come over. What is it with you guys? I don't know. You know, see, the girls were like, oh, no, we have to have invitations and we have to have party favors and we have to have, you know, themed food. Something in the male psyche where it's like you can't ask for attention because that's not cool. It's not. I don't know. It's something in the male psyche. Well, it was in his psyche, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Because I said to him, you know, about a week before his his birthday, I said, you need to tell me what you want to do. Do you want to have a party? No. I said, you want to, you know, you want to get together with your friends? Yes. I said, okay, that's cool. You want guys and girls? No, just the guys. Just the guys. Just the guys. I said, okay. I said, well, give me... (laughs) Just the bros, the thirteen, the thirteen-year-old bros. So I said, "Well, give me some details here. Where you want to do it?" I said, "Let's, let's. I'll make some invitations." No, do, do not make invitations. He says to me, "I go, well, what?" He go, "We can just. Uh, I'll send him a Facebook message." And yeah. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. "Okay, there we go." I said, "You want to go out to eat?" No, no. I said, "You want to go bowling?" No, no. We're just going to hang out. I said, why don't we go over to the, the, the yogurt place? You guys can just hang out and have like, you know, where you get the toppings. Yeah, Some yeah, serve the, yogurt place. Yeah. He goes, we'll just do that after school. I said, okay. I said, you're going to let him know? He goes, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let him know. I said, okay, now don't forget to let him know. Now you got to <laughs> you got to tell him. So anyway, the day of the birthday came. And sure enough, I piled about seven boys in the back of my minivan. <laughs> yes, I was, I was that mom. And off we drove to the yogurt place after school, right? So we get into the yogurt place and I say to myself, I said, okay, I'm going to be very careful not to embarrass them. I'm going to be cool. I'm not going to talk too much to them. They just wanted to talk amongst themselves. So we go in and I'm very good. I don't say a word to anybody as we're walking in. Right. But they all, you know, they get their yogurt. I pay for it. And uh, and then we walk outside to sit outside the yogurt place and they all go and they sit at a table. Right. There's about seven or eight of them. They're sitting at a table and they're, you know, hanging out. They've got their yogurts. And I go to the opposite side of the patio as far away as I can get from him, which is really probably only about maybe 20 feet. Yeah. Okay. And I sit at a chair and I turn my, I kind of turn my back to them because I'm not part of the party. Yeah. Right. I'm just there to drive. <laughs> and I turn my back to him and I get on my cell phone and I'm just checking email. And at one point it's very quiet. I turn and look at them and I swear to you, all seven of them were on their cell phones. 
you know, just scrolling through, yep. looking at Facebook, whatever they were mm-hmm. doing. And I'm thinking to myself, really? I mean, if this was gir- these were girls, they'd be, you know, yakety yakking. Mm-hmm. But they were just on their, uh, they were on their cell phones. But then, you know, occasionally they'd stop and talk to each other. Uh, and so I'm thinking, you know, I'm doing pretty good. He seems happy. He's hanging out with his bros. I got him some yogurt. I'm not overdoing it. I'm not talking to him, right? I'm being very, very cool. Out of your way. Feeling really good yes. about myself, right? Well, as I said, I kind of had my back turned to him. So I'm, I'm looking at my phone, and I'm scrolling through, and all of a sudden, a text message comes in. And it's a text message from my son, who is sitting 20 feet from me, yeah. right? Okay. And I'm thinking, what on earth? So I open up the text message. Do you know what it says? Huh. Pull up the back of your jeans. I can see your underwear. <laughs> Oh no. oh, no. Oh, no. I had tried so hard. I'm like, what? Oh, what? no. No, yeah, humiliated him. Oh, my god. Without gosh. even trying. Oh, I'm my like, gosh. all right, all right. You know, I can't, I can't win for losing. So, yeah, that was definitely my most uncool mom moment. Try as I may. You know, sometimes Happens you just to the can't. best of them, Jenny. You think so? Oh, goodness. Yeah, I'll never forget that. I was kind of traumatized. <laughs> well, no. guys, you know what? This is a great week. We are in the heart of fall. Yes. We know that. It is It is Halloween this week, and we have got an awesome show coming up. We are going to talk about all things spooky and scary. Ooh. We've been doing a little bit of that lately. Oh, yeah. You've Nick, given right? me the heebie-jeebies lately, Jenny. I gave you, and we got one for you today that's going to just curl your toes. Oh. Are you ready for it? It's, it's coming up. But we're going to talk about Halloween food. I've got a great Halloween menu for you and an entire segment on Halloween cocktails. Ooh. Yeah. Yes, these are the, you know, the adult variety. Yummy. This is not for the kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the grown-ups. So we're going to have a great show, and we're going to be giving away some cookbooks today. Yay. You know, we gave away some last week. Yes. We had a great response. Doing it we're again. We're going to do it again. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. Oh, that song. Oh, yeah. I, you know. Chills down my spine. Right? We talked about scary movies last week mm. on the show. And the Halloween, that to me, that is the ultimate. It's all it, that scary, yeah. you know. Oh, what was it? Haddonfield? Is that the town? I yeah, think so. Michael Myers. I think, yeah. I know it was Michael Myers, but I think it was Hadfield. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm going to watch it probably next week. Heebie-jeebies. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I, get the af- I, get, I get on the sofa. I put the afghan over my head. You know what I'm <laughs> I mean, just my eyes are poking out. <laughs> well, guys, we have got some spooky recipes for you today. Ooh. Not only is it Halloween, but it's autumn. Okay. So everything we're doing right now is sort of influenced by the flavors of autumn. And I'm not sure where you live in the South, but I know that here in Georgia, uh, Deer season. Oh, yeah. Deer season opened Absolutely. last week. You got it? And uh, I believe you can't shoot the does right now, but you can shoot the bucks. Mm-hmm. And so my husband was very excited. And let me qualify this by saying I'm not a hunter myself, but I married one. <laughs> All right. So he has kept me well stocked with venison over the past, mm. over the number of years that we've been married. Well, the, the time that we've been together, he has kept me stocked with venison. I've got ground venison, sausage venison, venison fillets. Ooh. So I'm a huge fan. Right. So uh, deer season opened last Saturday and uh, he was probably up in the deer stand about an hour and a half. And he got a he got a, a nine point buck. Nice. That's he a did. great way to start. Isn't that a great, great way? way to start? I know. And he said it was just beautiful. It was a gorgeous fall day and up it came and down it went, yeah. you know, just like that. <laughs> and so that means what that means to me is that I've got venison for at least the next, you know, six months. Oh, yeah. It was a big one. Oh, yeah. I'll have everything I need. Time. Yeah. And for those of you that are not huge fans of venison, it is kind of a. 
know, for a lot of folks, it's a it's a part of Southern culture, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you know, you can substitute in the recipe we're going to talk about today. You can easily substitute ground beef, ground pork, sausage, mm-hmm. even ground turkey. Right. Ooh, there you go. Now we're going to so we're going to talk about a venison recipe and we're going to incorporate our Halloween theme into it. So we're going to talk about spicy venison Halloween stew. Spicy. Ooh, oh, it that is good. It's a bowl full of comfort. I was about to say nice and warming for those mm, cold you know, it is fall so, nights. And it's got a nice kick, kick to it. Ooh. It's a great recipe for busy moms because mm-hmm. you, can, you can put everything here in the crock pot, which is how I often like to do it. Um, you can also just simmer it on top of the stove. Mm-hmm. But if you want to just put everything in in the morning, it'll be, you know, it'll be nice and piping hot when you get home at the oh, end of the yeah. day. Right. Ooh. This is an easy one, guys. So like I said, we're going to use some spicy venison sausage. All right. Now, you can also use, like I said, pork sausage, ground turkey. You're going to need about one pound of this. And you're also going to need uh, a large diced onion. Everything's better with onions, mm-hmm. I say. You're going to need two 15 ounce cans of chili beans. Now, I like the spicy variety. I'm going to qualify this recipe by telling you it's a lot of open and dump. That's always the best, though. Like well, you said, fall time. You, you're in the PJs. You just can kind of, like yeah. you said, put it all in the crock pot. We're and let it dumping do a lot thing. of stuff together. You know, you could make the argument: Is this really cooking? Well, you know, in a way, it is. You're browning the you're browning the meat. <laughs> <laughs> you had to heat it up yourself, so. right? Now, you know, a lot of us love to be ambitious in the kitchen. I'm one of them, but I'm also not opposed to a quick, easy, you know, open oh, yeah. and dump recipe every now and then. So you've got your two cans of spicy chili beans, another 15 ounce can of great northern beans. Ooh. Okay, you see how this is starting to come together a 15 ounce can of black beans right a 15 ounce can of corn okay Mm -hmm. now none of these cans that we're adding are going to be drained we're going to use the liquid use all the juice all the juice from all of these cans right one 15 ounce can of tomato sauce about a cup and a half of water one four and a half ounce can of chopped green chilies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got a little kick there. We need two packages of taco seasoning and two packages or two envelopes of your ranch dressing mix, mm. meaning the the dry powder, yeah. like the Hidden Valley Ranch, right? I always love to add in a lot of my recipes a few dashes of hot sauce. Nothing wrong with that. Just for fun. Oh, you yeah. see what I'm saying? I also like to throw about a, oh, maybe one large chopped yellow bell pepper in there. It gives it a little bit of sweetness. It does. You know what I'm saying? And guys, what you want to do is brown the meat and the onion, right? You're going to drain the fat out of that, and you're going to add all of your remaining ingredients, all right? This recipe is going to be on my my website. I can pretty much guarantee you this is going to be a family favorite. Mm. I've been making this recipe for my my family for years. It keeps, uh, you can freeze it. It's wonderful. You can make a huge old pot of it. And in fact, as we get towards the end of deer season, if I see I've got more than I need, you know, there'll probably be a cooking day at my house where I get out the big pot, you know, like yeah, I, I call it my, you, you know, my lobster pot, the big, big, big one. Right. And we're going to make, we're going to probably quadruple this recipe and there make plenty and, and freeze it. Okay. So guys, you're going to, you're going to add everything together. You're going to bring it to a boil. Then you're going to reduce it right down and simmer it for about 45 minutes. Kind of let those flavors kind of meld together. Mm. Quite frankly, the longer it simmers, in my opinion, the better. Now, for Halloween, in honor of Halloween, I've got a great way for you to serve this, all right? You're going to ladle it into a pumpkin. So what you need to do, right? You're going to need a medium-sized pumpkin. Mm -hmm. I'd say not more than about maybe, I'd say probably about 12 inches in Mm -hmm. diameter. Not one of the big ones. You're going to cut the top out of it. You know, circle around the top of the stem and and cut that and take the top off of it. Make sure you cut the hole big enough to get a ladle inside, right? Go in there and scoop out the uh, the excess flesh and the membranes and the and the seeds. Get all of that out, kind of, and then pat it dry just a little bit so it's nice and dry on the inside. And you're gonna you're gonna pour your 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 wonderful Halloween Mm -hmm. autumn harvest 
spicy venison concoction Ooh. into the pumpkin, right? That's pretty, that's cool. Mm-hmm. You pour it in there when it's piping hot. You can put the top back on it if you want to. And keep it warm. Makes a, yeah. That's right? awesome. Keep it warm in the pumpkin. Isn't that fun? <laughs> nature's just, bowl. Nature's bowl. It just screams Halloween. Now, a great way to serve this, guys, is spoon it up into bowls, right? I do a dollop of uh, sour cream, mm-hmm. you know? You know what else is really good are some toasted pumpkin seeds. Kind of oh. sprinkle those on top. Mm-hmm. That would be very good. Gives you a little bit of crunch. Yeah. Mm, That is a spooky good venison stew, don't you think? I I love it. I'm going to do this weekend. Mm. (laughs) You know, it it gives a nod a little bit to a chili. You know, kind of it gives it with the beans and the tomatoes and everything. So I always say with something like this, a good old-fashioned southern cornbread is a Mm. great sort of side to go along with this. And I have got an awesome white cheddar cornbread recipe for you. It's easy to make. It's in my it's in my first cookbook mm-hmm. actually. White cheddar cornbread. And you know the uh with the introduction of pre-seasoned cast iron skillets to the market, um it means that, you know, both if you're new to cooking or you're an experienced Southern cook, you don't have to spend months or even years, you know, conditioning the iron skillet, you know, the way you used to have to do. Now you can buy one right off the shelf and it's ready to go. So this is a delicious cornbread recipe. It, um, You know, if you, you put it out in a, in a cast iron skillet and slice it up, it's just gorgeous. You know what I love to do is take a slice of this, lay it in the bowl and spoon the stew on top of oh, it. Oh, yes. And let it soak it all up. Oh, oh. my goodness gracious. It's, it's amazing. So, guys, this uh, white tread of cornbread recipe is going to be on the website. All you have to do is go to Southern sistershome.com click on the blog and you'll find it there, there as go. well as the venison spicy stew now we've got our spicy stew and we got our cornbread now i always like to pair something kind of cool and fresh with things that are kind of hot and mm-hmm. heavy all right so once again in keeping with our autumn theme how about an autumn salad with a you get this part this is my favorite part of it it's a warm apple cider vinaigrette. Ooh. Uh, we've all had maybe a warm bacon vinaigrette mm-hmm. over a spinach salad. This is kind of a nod to that. Now, this time of year, I love to mix my greens. So I would do maybe two-thirds chopped romaine and about one-third red kale. And you can find the red kale in the grocery stores these days, guys. I found mine at Whole Foods. It's really a deep purple. You know, they call mm-hmm. it red. It's more of a deep purple. Mm-hmm. But you, it just provides the most beautiful color to your salad. You see, you've got the green. Remain and you got this deep purple kale. I do maybe some sliced apples, maybe some dried cherries, a few toasted uh, walnuts. Mm-hmm. I would keep it simple. You've got a lot going on in that stew, lots yeah. of different ingredients. So keep this one simple. Maybe the the kale and the lettuce, maybe the apples and a few nuts. Now for your amazing warm spiced autumn apple cider vinegar. That's a mm-hmm. long name, isn't it? You need to shorten that name. What you're going to need is you're going to need uh, half a cup of apple cider vinegar. A half a cup of apple cider, got it? About a fourth of a cup of packed brown sugar, two tablespoons of black pepper. No, I take that back, one tablespoon of cracked black pepper. A half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper. So we're going to have a little kick to it, see? A half, a one and a half teaspoons of ground cinnamon and a teaspoon of salt, mm-hmm. right? Now, you're going to whisk that together in a saucepan and slowly add about two cups of canola oil. You want to whisk it good. Mm-hmm. The more you whisk a vinaigrette, the more it will begin to emulsify. Yes. You understand? You're going to bring it to a low boil and then reduce the heat and let it simmer. Then you're going to let it cool down a little bit. You don't want to pour it on the greens when it's you know boiling hot. Mm-hmm. You want it warm, yes. but you don't want it boiling, right? And so you're going to then drizzle that over the greens, toss that. Hello. That sounds outstanding. It is. That's it, just a, that, the, just the thought of that meal warms up my belly. Does it just, really? Oh yeah. Okay, that now that's a, that's good. a sincere compliment, Nick. 
warming up your belly. I mean, it that, is. It's that's true. what every cook that's, wants to that's hear. That's what you need in the fall time, you know? <laughs> it you, is. I always think that's something perfect you make with your slippers on and the PJ yeah. pants still on mm-hmm. and you toss it together and everyone's... Absolutely. Ooh, that sounds outstanding. It's going to be a great Halloween oh, yeah, evening. Boy. And I don't know about you guys, but we don't get any trick-or-treaters at our house. I've only got no. about six six homes in our neighborhood, so uh, we don't get we don't get a lot of a lot of trick-or-treaters. So really, it's an excuse to stay in and, and cook and eat. <laughs> there you go. And, and maybe drink. <laughs> and we've got some Halloween cocktails coming up, let me tell yes. you. Now, to top off our Halloween meal, I have got a great recipe for you. This one's going to be on the website, too. This is amazing. This is an iced, the, these are iced pumpkin cookies, all right? Ooh. And they're really, they have the consistency more of cake than cookies. They puff up. You know, they're nice and cake-like on the inside with an amazing sort of buttercream icing that goes over the top. And guys, that's going to be on the website, too. you got to have that, We're going to fix you up with Halloween recipes. What better way to finish off Mm -hmm. the soup and salad? Isn't that true? I know. (gasps) So go to southernsistershome.com and check it out. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. I love that song. It is so such a fun song, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. It's not really scary. It's just fun. It is. Yeah, the it last is. one, Halloween, that was scary. Yeah, that was a little spooky. Because mm-hmm. you have images of, you know, daggers and, yeah, and awful things. blood and gore. Yeah. And this is just like the zombies dancing. Yeah, just makes you want to have, these are like happy zombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, guys, one of my favorite shows is The Walking Dead. Yes, it is. See, I watch the, it. I don't like spooky. I don't like scary. I love The Walking Dead. Right? I don't know. Maybe it's because I actually get to see them like take the zombies out exactly. versus just run away terrified. Right. It's that satisfaction, I guess. I know. God. I get out their aggression. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, you know, it'd be really cool to be an extra on that show. Oh, it would be. I think it's something like five, out, five hours of makeup you have to yeah, go into. I've had a couple of friends who have gone really? and done that. Yeah. Well, speaking of zombies, and <laughs> well, we're going to talk about zombies, believe it or not. This oh, is our, really? Well, this is our Halloween cocktail segment. Oh, yes. Yes. Because you know what? For At a Halloween party, it's always nice to have a really cool, kind of interesting themed cocktail. We talked about yes. that last week all. So it's just kind of neat. So if you're having some friends over, guys, I'm going to give you, we have about 10 great cocktails to get through if we have time. Everything will be on my website, though. And these are some awesome, awesome cocktails. So, guys, you can go to southernsistershome.com, click on the blog, and you will see our selection of Halloween-themed cocktails. Mm -hmm. And speaking of zombies. And you don't even have to have a party for these. No. I guess you could just drink Home Alone. (laughs) I've done that. No, I'm teasing. Teasing, teasing. We're going to start with the zombie cocktail. Ooh, yeah. the zombie Are cocktail. you frightened? Are you frightened, Nick? <laughs> just, just, and you know, guys, you can't see the, this, because this is radio, you can't see the photographs, but we will have photos of all of these cocktails on. And let me tell you, some of them are beautiful and they're very hmm. colorful. This one particularly, let me tell you what's in a zombie cocktail, what you want to do. You're going to combine one ounce of light rum, all right, one ounce of dark rum, one ounce of apricot liqueur, which is amazing, mm-hmm. by the way. You can get that at your liquor store. Mm-hmm. You need about two ounces of orange juice, and um, you can use some lime bitters if you have them. Mm-hmm. Okay, If you have to leave those out, you can, but they're, they're really good. And what you're going to do is you're com- combine all of that into a cocktail shaker. You have a good cocktail shaker at your oh, house. Yes. It's indispensable, oh, yes. right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, you're going to combine everything in there, um, shake it up really, really good, okay? And then you are going to have a large glass filled with ice, and you are going to strain, you know, you're going to pour everything mm. from your, your cocktail shaker into your glass with ice, and then you're going to top it with uh, one ounce of Bacardi 151 rum. 
Mm. Okay. And it's going to kind of float on the top a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it's going to create this sort of variation in color within the glass. It's beautiful. And then you can, of course, I like to garnish because I I think everything's nicer when it's pretty. So I put a little wedge of pineapple juice or something. I'm going to show Nick the photo. Isn't that pretty? Oh, that's gorgeous. It'll be, yeah, it's colorful and lovely, guys. And that's your zombie cocktail. That's awesome. And uh, depending on how many of them you drink, you may feel like a zombie. (laughs) (laughs) May feel like a zombie the next day. Oh, yeah. How about this one? Number two Halloween cocktail. We've got a sweet poison cocktail for you. Sweet poison. Mm-hmm. Don't oh. be afraid, though. It's not going to hurt you. Well, like I said, depending on how many you drink, you have. it may not hurt you. <laughs> now, with this one, what you're going to do is you are going to combine one ounce of light rum and um, one ounce of blue curacao in a oh. cocktail shaker. Okay. Oh, also, you need two ounces of coconut rum. Now, you might think to myself, how often am I going to use coconut rum? But you can't. I mean, it, that'd be a great thing. It keeps for, forever. Oh, yeah. Right? You can do daiquiris with it. It's actually a great thing to have around. Um, so that's one ounce of light rum, two ounces of coconut rum, and one ounce of blue curacao in a shaker filled with ice. You're going to shake it really good, then pour it into a cocktail glass, okay? Then you're going to fill up the rest of the glass with chilled pineapple juice mm-hmm. and garnish it with a, uh, with a pineapple wedge. Like a nice tropical twist on and, fall. And, and let me tell you, the color, right? Look at the color. Color is sort of oh, a gorgeous, wow. deep, almost like an ocean blue. Yeah, that it's is that, that, gorgeous. That you, you have to go to Southern Sisters Home and look at these. Yeah. Just by looking at the picture, you're going to want to make all of them it's right as, now. It's as probably wow. as, as pretty to look at as it is fun to drink. I'm going to have awesome. one of those. Yeah, that's yeah. a sweet poison cocktail. <laughs> okay. Now, how about a good and evil cocktail? Good and evil? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, you know, another great kind of dark, fun Halloween weekend movie would be Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Yes. That Takes is place a good in one. Savannah, right? Mm-hmm. This would be, would this not be if you had some girlfriends? That, well, <laughs> for all the girlfriends you have over at your house, Nick, <laughs> you had your girlfriends over to watch Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, and you could serve the good and evil cocktail. Well, there you go. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Hello. What you're going to need for this is one ounce of Vodka, one ounce of apple pucker. Now, apple pucker. Do you know what apple pucker is? Yes, you do. It's vodka. I think, it, isn't it? It's a it's a schnapps. A schnapps. Yeah, yes. but but you know you're, you're close. It's like a sour apple schnapps or a Granny mm-hmm. Smith. It mm-hmm. kind of has the flavor of maybe Granny yes. Smith apples, the more tart apples. So you're going to need an ounce of uh, apple pucker, one ounce of Midori, which is a bright green mm-hmm. uh, melon flavored liqueur, kind of Delicious. like cantaloupe or honeydew, that kind of thing. Smooth, right? Trouble in a bottle. Trouble in a bottle. Yeah. Oh, this is, this, let me tell you, this cocktail could be trouble for you. One ounce of triple sec, okay, which is uh, like an orange flavored mm. liqueur, you know. Uh, you need some pineapple juice. And believe it or not, you need some soda. You need um, Sierra Mist is oh. what they use in this recipe. Now, you're going to combine the vodka, the apple pucker, the Midori, and the triple sec in a cocktail shaker and you're going to fill that with ice, and you're going to shake it really good, right? It's just so much fun to shake. It is. I don't think I have really good shaking technique, though. But you I, feel like the coolest bartender right? in the world, don't right? you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and, and, and folks, could I tell you from personal experience, if you want to get fancy with your shaking, when you're shaking, please, because, you know, I always like to do it like bartenders do, where you bring it up over your shoulder. Yes. You know, and you're shaking and shaking. <laughs> Make sure that the top is securely fastened. <laughs> We've all done that before. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that I've ever uh, shot cocktails all over the kitchen by not, you know, having it closed but securely. But you had them up twice mm-hmm. before. Yeah, not, not the first time. There's a lot. There are a lot of accidents in my kitchen. I can tell you that. You're gonna shake it good, guys. You're gonna shake the ingredients to your good and evil cocktail, and then you're gonna pour the mixture into a cocktail glass and top it with pineapple juice and Sierra Mist. 
I would garnish this with a slice of lemon. It's got sort of a beautiful, sort of limey green, sort of variated color. Yeah. You know, most of these, most of these uh, cocktails, you know, you have it'll be different shades within a glass depending yeah. on the weight of the liqueur. And that's and that is a gorgeous looking isn't that drink, lovely. isn't it? Mm. Oh yes, I'm sure it tastes as good as it is fun oh, yes. to look at. How about some really spooky? Uh, margaritas here. We got a spooky bl- margarita. Spooky. Well, it's a blood orange. Oh, which I love blood oh, oranges. Yeah. Right now, this um, this flavorful citrus fruit. Right, uh, this sort of the blood oranges. It really adds a dramatic sort of ruby red color to recipes. Whenever you use them, I've used blood oranges in even savory dishes mm. before. Right uh, now, blood oranges are slightly less acidic than regular ones. Right, and do you know that they contain about a hundred and twenty percent of the recommended daily amount of vitamin C. How about that? Yeah, they're better than normal oranges when it comes yes. to that. So yes, I man. suggest that we have blood orange margaritas every day. That's, <laughs> I'm teasing. For, for nutrition. I'm teasing. <laughs> now, what you want to do is you want to moisten the rim. We're going to make two. One for you and one for me, Nick. You're going to moisten the rim of two margarita glasses and dip it in kosher salt. And you want to fill a cocktail shaker with crushed ice. Then you're going to add um, one half cup of fresh blood orange juice, right? Two ounces of tequila and about one ounce of triple sec. All right. Mm-hmm. We talked about triple sec. That's yes. an orange flavored liqueur. It's actually made from dried peels of bitter and sweet oranges. Mm-hmm. Lovely. You're going to shake it well and strain it into the glasses. And of course, garnish it with a little piece of blood orange. You have to. That sounds, oh, that sounds so Doesn't good. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah. How about, oh, let's see here. We have time. We don't know if we have time for all of them. I love a good dark and stormy. Oh, here's a good one. How about a vampire kiss martini? Vampire yeah, kiss. Yeah, I'm going to make this one. <laughs> this just sounds like fun, doesn't it? <laughs> now, for the grown-ups who aren't on chaperone duty on Halloween night, right? You want to try this Halloween, Halloween-style twist on a classic champagne cocktail, okay? Now, you can garnish, uh, you know, you could do something really fun with the garnishes. You could garnish with like a... You know, like um, candy corn, or oh. you know, be funny as a set of those. You know those gummy wax teeth. Yes, you know the vampire gummies. Just, yes, <laughs> just be hilarious. <laughs> you know those crazy, scary kind of looking looking teeth. But what you're gonna need for this, guys, you need uh, really just however much of it that you want to make, depending on how many people you're serving. You just gotta do equal parts of raspberry liqueur, vodka, and champagne. Oh. It's a no-brainer, right? So in a chilled martini glass, you're gonna layer the, uh, first the raspberry liqueur, then the vodka. Than the champagne. Mm-hmm. Once again, you've kind of got those layers yes. going on, right? And then garnish it with whatever you want. Wax teeth. Another blood orange slice actually would be really, there you go. Yeah. really nice at yeah. that. There's your vampire kiss martini. That is awesome. Mm-mm-mm-mm. How about a, let's see here. What do we have time for now? I think we're going to go, well, this is one of my favorite. I say we're going to go with a dark and stormy. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, most good scary ghost stories begin with, it was a dark and stormy night. Yes. Right? So we're going to do a dark and stormy. This was actually my son-in-law's um, signature drink at his wedding. Really? Yes. It's amazing. And you know what makes it even better? You can make your own ice cubes out of ginger beer. All right? Oh. So if you were to take eight cups of ginger beer and pour it into ice trays, ice cube trays, and freeze those, that's going to make this drink even better. Oh. Okay? You just want to freeze them and then use them in your drink. Now, mm-hmm. what you're going to need is eight cups of ginger beer. Guys, this is not ginger ale. Okay? No. Gin- real ginger beer has got a much more authentic a yes. deeply ginger yes, flavor, right? You can you can buy them. They come in bottles. Um, you can buy like a six pack of them mm-hmm. or a four pack of them. You need four cups of dark rum and a half a cup of fresh lime juice and maybe some thinly sliced limes for mm-hmm. garnish. You're going to stir the ginger beer, the rum, and the lime juice in a pitcher, and you're going to serve them in tall cocktail glasses with three or four of your ginger beer ice cubes. Mm-hmm. This is so great because then as the ice melts, it doesn't dilute the drink. Exactly. Don't you hate that? It just adds to it. It doesn't water it down. Yeah. There's several good brands of ginger beer out there. You can find them even, believe it or not, sodapopstop.com. 
Really? You can order your ginger beer online if you there want you to. Time Make for sure a Halloween cocktail. Oh, Happy yummy. Halloween, y'all, and we'll be right back. Bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the Monster Mash. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Now, with your Southern narrative, sharing stories from around the South, here is your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Vengeance of the soul. I walked through the quiet cemetery toward his grave, the summer sun warming my bare arms. I sat cross-legged next to his headstone, as if he would be better able to hear me from up there. The grass made my legs itch as I leaned forward, and I felt a trickle of sweat trail from my temple. Cal, I called, keeping my voice as low as possible for fear that some current would carry my whispered words to someone else's ears. You're doing this, aren't you? You did all of it, didn't you? I didn't exactly expect a response. Maybe just a sudden light breeze or an impulsive appearance of a bird or grasshopper to let me know he was listening. But there was nothing. Cal, I cried again. Clarence is dead now, too. But I guess you know that. He was the last one, Cal. You can stop now. You know how to stop now, don't you? I hoped Cal didn't know I was lying about Clarence being the last one. But the more I thought about it, I figured Cal must know about Jake's snow, too. Still, I felt it was my duty to try and prevent more killings. First, there was John and Ricky, then Malcolm, and just last night, Clarence. Truthfully, I'm not even sad about it, because I had wished them dead for years, but I never thought their deaths had anything to do with me, until now. The first killings came in 1989. Funny. That was exactly 20 years after Cal died, and it was the age Cal was when he died. I remember mourning Cal a lot that day. A hunting accident, they said. Both John and Ricky were shot, but the coroner said neither one of them died right away. Took about a day or so, the coroner said. Guess nobody was missing them much back home. But it never made sense to me. How is it that two men out hunting deep in the woods both get shot? If Ricky had accidentally shot John, I hardly think Ricky would imagine the deed worthy of suicide. Not him. Yet both of the bullets that killed them had come from Ricky's rifle. If you knew John and Ricky the way I did, you'd know there's no way it happened that way. Someone else had to have been there and shot them both with Ricky's rifle. But the authorities hadn't given much credence to that idea. Just listed both deaths as accidental shootings. I guess they didn't investigate hunting deaths too much back then. People around these parts figured if you went tromping around in the woods with loaded weapons, you had to accept the consequences. But even so, I never imagined that Cal had anything to do with their deaths. Not then, anyway. It wasn't until Malcolm died that I began to see the pattern. Nearly three years had passed when Malcolm was killed in an auto accident. Funny, too, that he died on my birthday. I guess Cal thought he was sending me a present. I remember my birthday was an especially hard one that year without Cal to share it with, it being my 40th. Anyway, Malcolm's accident happened on that little bridge just after the sharp curve on Sand Hill Road. They said he passed out at the wheel, the car bursting through the bridge abutment and hurtling into dead space before it sputtered and fell into the creek like a defective bottle rocket. 
He had landed upside down in only seven inches of water, but he was so full of alcohol and marijuana that he drowned in his own stupor. All he had to do was lift his head up. Weird thing, though, there was not one ounce of brake fluid left in that car. The authorities reported the brake line had been punctured, sure enough, but that it was probably due to Malcolm's car impacting with the cement bridge. I had my doubts, though. And just last night, Clarence got his. Stabbed and sliced 37 times. No doubt about that one being murder. I knew then that Cal was behind it all. Because it was those four that had died, and most of them gruesome deaths. I wondered if Cal knew there was a fifth one still alive. The back of my neck prickled at the thought. I had to make him think Clarence was the last of them. You hear me, Cal? I leaned even closer to the headstone, my whisper coming out in a near hiss. You stop it now. Clarence was the end of it, okay? But I knew it wouldn't be the end of it. Jake Snow would get his too, just like the others had. And how ironic that Cal had saved Jake for last, since Jake was the instigator in the whole thing. I had only been 17 then, the night of the attack. Over 30 years ago and the horror of it, still so vivid in my mind. Five teenage boys having their fun, only it left me in ruin. I was missing Cal so much back then, and after the attack, I missed him even more, and there would be no comfort from Cal. Cal wouldn't be giving comfort to anyone anymore, but I could see now, all these years later, that he sure was doling out the punishment. I remember so clearly what he'd said before he left for Vietnam. Anybody hurts you while I'm gone, they'll pay hard when I get back. And even though he never came back, I guess he's keeping to his word no matter how long it was taking. But he was going too far. Killing four men because of something they did to me, no matter how horrible it was, didn't seem right somehow. And I knew in my heart there would be a fifth death. I knew Cal at all, and I did. He wouldn't stop until he'd finished. I looked again at the weathered headstone, the etchings dirty but clear. Calvin Lee Matthews, born May 8, 1949, died June 2, 1969. Lieutenant Corporal, U.S. Marines, Vietnam War beloved son and brother. Well, he was a beloved boyfriend too, but nobody in his family felt it necessary to mention that. None of them even spoke a word to me after the funeral. I guess they figured it wasn't a big deal to a 17-year-old girl to lose her boyfriend, that I'd go on and meet somebody else and have this wonderfully happy life. Well, they were wrong. Nothing I had done in the last three decades seemed worthwhile without Cal. There was no one like Cal. Never had been, never would be. His death and the horrible attack had altered the course of my life forever. I hated those boys for what they'd done to me, and I was sure they'd only done it because they knew they could get away with it. They knew Cal wasn't ever coming back. Cal. He had been my only, one and only protector, my avenger, my love. Still, he needed to stop killing people, and it wasn't that Jake Snow deserved to live any more than the others. It's just that it took me so long to figure out it was Cal doing all this revenge killing, if I'd realized it sooner, I'd have tried to talk some sense into Cal before he got into Clarence, or even Malcolm. I ran my hand across the top of Cal's headstone gently, the way I used to smooth back his hair sometimes. I've never stopped loving you, Cal. And I know you love me, too. And I really appreciate that you're still trying to protect me. No one else has ever cared about me the way you did, the way I know you still do. But I'm all right now, Cal. You can stop killing for me, Cal. It's over now. The sky was beginning to color to a grayish blue, a sudden wind tossing the bits of litter as I walked back to my car. I looked towards the clouds that were darkening now when I knew an angry rainstorm was coming. Shh, K, 
cow. Quiet now, cow, I muttered toward the heavens. I wasn't at all sure my talk with him had done any good. I parked the car near the old detached garage and hurried across the lawn. I felt a light rain spattering against my head, my bare arms chilled from the wet breeze as I ran up the rickety steps of the back porch. After I unlocked the kitchen door, I stood in the threshold for a moment and looked about the room. The old china hutch left to me by Nana stood like a hulking guardian over the dining table and chairs. A last vestige of daylight crept through the blinds, peppering the checkerboard cloth with pallid flecks. The windows were closed and locked, as they always were. It was the only way I knew for sure if Cal was there. I grabbed the wind chimes from the kitchen junk drawer and hurried to the little hallway that led to my bedroom. There was no possibility of wind there, not even the smallest draft. I hung the wind chimes over the doorway and waited. I shift my weight from foot to foot, ran my hand through my hair, leaned against the door jamb until it happened. The wind chimes moved. Not much, mind you, but there was the slightest tinkling sound and I watched the strings rotate softly. Cal, I whispered. Were you here the whole time or did you just follow me home from the cemetery? Of course, I'm not so daft that I expected a response, but talking to Cal out loud sometimes helped. Cal, remember what I said? Clarence was the last of them, okay? Satisfied that Cal was still with me, I retrieved retrieved the wind chimes and returned them into the kitchen drawer. I decided to make a sandwich and go to bed, even though it was only 7.30. I was feeling tired, really tired, as I sometimes did. Some mornings when the alarm clock would go off, it seemed as though I hadn't even slept. I took the mayonnaise and bologna out of the refrigerator and placed them on the counter. I really didn't like bologna that much, but it had been one of Cal's favorites. He especially liked it fried. His mama used to fry bologna slices for breakfast. The edges of the bologna would curl up in the frying pan, and she'd take a slice out, put it on Cal's plate, and dump the scrambled eggs in the center of it, as if it were a gourmet breakfast bowl. I reached into the overhead cabinet for my plate for a sandwich. That's when I noticed the knife in the kitchen sink. It was my largest chef's knife. The blade and handle were covered in blood. The slow drip from the faucet had left a kaleidoscope of watery blood spatters on the porcelain. I picked up the knife and examined it, as if it had sprouted legs or something. I had no idea why it was there. Oh yeah, I said out loud, remembering. I must have left it there last night after I cut up the chuck roast for Sunday's beef stew. Funny though, I could have sworn I'd washed it and put it away with the other utensils and dishes. I looked around the room again. There wasn't one single thing out of place except this knife. I really must have been tired, I thought. Why in the world would I have left this bloody knife in the sink? I shrugged it off, forgot about the bologna sandwich, and shucked my clothes as I made it back to the bedroom. I eased under the sheets, every muscle and bone in my body feeling as though I'd been beaten with a stick. I'd gone to bed at 8 o'clock last night, yet when I'd woken up for work this morning, I felt as if I hadn't rested at all. I was exhausted. Unusual for me, because most nights I slept like a baby. I closed my eyes and thought about Jake Snow again. I hated him for what he'd done to me. But killing just wasn't right. I'd tried my best to talk Cal out of it, hadn't I? Surely Cal would listen this time. Still, I wondered if Jake would be alive by the time my alarm clock went off in the morning. In any case, my main concern was to get a better night's sleep than I did last night. Funny. Last night, Clarence was killed. Seems like the mornings I wake up feeling as though I'd never slept in a morning. I was always following one of those killings. It's probably due to my profound link to Cal's soul. That must be it. Cal's ghost is lurking around, killing those guys, and my deep connection to Cal is causing me to sleep fitfully. There's no other explanation, is there? For the sake of a good night's sleep, I prayed that Jake would live through the night. Well, I hoped he would. Sort of. Whatever. One more restless night's sleep isn't going to kill me. I've got the rest of my life to sleep. 
And that's it for this week, guys. Thank you for joining us on the Southern Sisters radio program. How about a free cookbook? We're giving away three. Just email us at radio at southernsistershome.com. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us here at Southern Sisters Radio. If you have questions for Jenny, want more information about something you heard on today's show, or want to enter any of the Southern Sisters contests, visit southernsistershome.com. And remember to connect with Jenny on Facebook at Southern Sisters Home with Jenny McCormick Earhart.